Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Tell the Lord, say, Lord, I'm open, and Lord, I'm ready. Speak to me in Jesus' name. This series is called Daddy Issues, and this isn't a dad bashing series. In fact, Harvest, you know we're a church that builds up men. We're a church that believes in men. We're a church that speaks life and strength to men. So I want to be clear. This is not a dad bashing series. This is not a man bashing series. And it is not just for those with contentious or non-existent relationships with their fathers. Instead, somebody say instead. This series will reveal, then heal the issues that have embedded themselves in your individuality. Bishop, what issues are you referring to? The Bible makes it clear that all of us have either known or hidden daddy issues. How do you know that? Psalm 51.5. This is when King David uh, speaks to the Lord, and he speaks to the Lord after he's done something ratchet. Uh, King David was a prophet. King David was king. King David was a man of God. King David was a musician. King David was a psalmist. He was that man. In fact, he's the only man in the Bible that the scripture records he was a man after God's own heart. But in this moment, he makes this declaration to the Lord because he's done something crazy. What he ended up doing was he slept with one of his uh, mighty men's wives. And the Bible says that it was the springtime, and in spring, kings were supposed to go out to fight. But David didn't go out to fight. Instead, David stayed home. Let me help some of you that have been inconsistent. Every time you get inconsistent, that means the enemy is about to try to come for you. Your consistency has kept you out of some mess. I feel like preaching now. Your consistency has kept you out of some bad relationships. It's kept you out of some bad business deals. For every person that you can say, I haven't been perfect, but one thing I have has been faithful and consistent. I need you to worship God for three seconds right there. Go. Every consistent person. 
I ain't been faithful, but baby, I've been consistent. I, I've not been perfect, rather, but I have been consistent. David was not where he was supposed to be. And so David, well, he is looking out on his balcony. He sees Bathsheba. Bathsheba is taking a bath. And evidently, Bathsheba had it going on. You understand? Bathsheba was a dime piece. Matter of fact, she wasn't just no dime. She was a dime, a quarter, half dollar, the whole thing. And when he looked over at her, he said, I want her. I got to have her. He never would have saw her if he would have been in the proper place. I pray for the rest of this year, you're in the proper place at the proper time. You're in the proper place at the proper time. You're in the proper place at the proper time. Why? So you're not going to get involved in no problems that you don't have business messing with. What? You don't have time to waste this second half because this second half is going to be the best half of your life. So what ends up happening, David, David sees her and David summons her. She comes up and David sleeps with her. And when David sleeps with her, she says, listen, my king, I am the wife of your friend, of your mighty man that fights for you. He out there fighting for you now. I am his wife. And David says, I don't care. You have to be careful because sometimes after you've experienced success, you can get careless. Be the type of person God can trust with success. I be the type of person where God can say, if I give him a million, I know he ain't going to be faithful. If I give him a million, I know he's going to make it happen. If I give them the relationship, I know they're not going to leave me. If I give them the business, I know they're not going to throw in the towel on me. For every person that you want the Lord to know that he can trust you with success, tell him, please. Say, Lord, you can trust me with success. David had gotten successful, and so now he got careless. He got mindless, in fact, with his behavior. And so now to cover up what he's done, because guess what? It was just that time, but that one time, Bathsheba is now pregnant. And here she goes, I'm about, I am with child. So David does a couple of things. One, when Uriah comes back from the battle, he tells Uriah, hey, man, don't stay here with me in the palace. Go home to your wife. Matter of fact, he tries to get him inebriated so he could blame it on the alcohol. He says, go home and lay with your wife. And Uriah was so loyal to him. And he said, I'm not going home. I'm staying here with the king. Oh, my God. I pray that your loyalty be to the right people. I want to talk to some of us that we're the loyal type of person. Just make sure you're loyal to somebody that can match your loyalty. I you are iron and iron sharpens iron. You need people that can match your level of loyalty in so what ends up happening? So now, so now, so now Uriah, Uriah says, I'm going to stay with you. So, so, so what's interesting is that didn't work. Then David says, okay, listen, I, I want y'all to put Uriah at the front of another battle. Put him at the front where the warfare is hot, where, where there's going to be a lot of fire. There's going to be a lot of, you know, in that day, there's going to be a lot of fighting going on because I want to get Uriah in the front so Uriah dies. I want you to pay attention. David sets his friend Uriah up to die. I cancel every setup. Because some of you got people around you, you don't even know they're working against you. You're trying to figure out how does so-and-so know that? Because you, oh, you got somebody around you that's disloyal. And I pray every plot, every plan, every scheme, every setup, we speak cancellation to it right now. Oh, everybody open your mouth and say, canceled. So Uriah goes out and Uriah dies in battle. And David's like, oh, he died? I can't believe that he died. David set him up. And Bathsheba has 
a son, or a child rather, and as, or she's pregnant with a child. And as she's pregnant with this child, the prophet comes to David and said, because of this thing you've done, you are not going to be able to have this first child. And David, David's like, David's like, no, there's no way. This can't happen. And the Lord says, listen, I haven't given up on you, but what you have done must be dealt with. Why? You're my son, David. And if I don't check you, that means I don't love you. If I don't correct you, that means I don't love you. I still love you, but I got to discipline you so that you don't ever do this again. I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, thank God for his discipline. Thank his discipline means he's not done with me. His discipline means he's not thrown me away. Wait a minute. I just need to ask for those of us in the building and online, for the last six months, God has checked you. God has corrected you. But that's proof that God loves him some. Say thank you for your correction. Thank so the first child cannot live. The second child is born. Anytime you see two, that's the biblical number of witness. The second child is named Solomon. And Solomon, watch me, would be the one that would end up taking over the throne. Watch me. He was the one that wasn't even supposed to be in the house. But he's the one that's taking over the throne. Watch me. For everything they said you would not do and you should not do and you should not get, God is not going to let the earth rob or keep anything from you that belongs to you. Please make this declaration and say, and I'll be that one. I yeah, they said you weren't going to make it. You're going to be the one that does better than them. They said your kids are going to be crazy. Your kids are going to be on honor roll. Your kids are going to make businesses. Your kids are going to make it happen. Please open your mouth and say, I'll be that one. I so... So now, David, after he does this, this is what he says in his confessions to the Lord. These are his confessions. And he says, behold. In other words, he tells the Lord, look at me, God. I, now watch me. David's father was in the house. David did not come from a home where his father was absent. David's father was in the house. Because some people say, this is a good series for everybody else. No, it's a good series for everybody because just because your father and mother were present doesn't mean that you weren't shaping incorrectly. Because some of y'all say, but this is how all the women are in my family. Okay, that doesn't mean it's right. Okay, this is just how all the men are in my family. That doesn't mean it's right. If you're going to be like them, what is the need of you? Behold, look at me. I was shapen. Shapen is an old English word in the King James Version of our scripture, which means this has been a process over time. Say a process, process. over time. Which means you didn't get like the way you are instantly. This wasn't because of one traumatic thing that happened to you. This has been, you've been shaped like this for years. You, you've been shaped like this. So you watch them never deal with their problems, so you learn not to deal with yours. You watch them lie, so now you lie, even when you don't have a reason to lie. Y'all ain't gonna talk. You watch them be inconsistent, so now you're inconsistent. You watch them be judgmental, so now you're judgmental. You watch them not love the Lord, and you're the first one in your bloodline to love the Lord. Now they talk crazy to you, thinking that you're doing something crazy because you love the Lord, and they don't love the Lord, but you've not been shaping the way that they've been. Woo! He says, I was shaping how in iniquity. What is iniquity? There are three types of sin in the Bible. Come on, y'all. I got to preach it quick. I got to preach like Speedy Gonzalez. There are three types of sin in the Bible. Number one is sin. That means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. If you were shooting a barrel, bow and arrow and you missed the mark, they would holler sin. And then the second type of sin, it is transgression. Unless to willfully deviate from what you know to be right. See, if I say don't touch the water, you touch the water, you just transgress. Now, it wasn't sin because it wasn't a mistake. You knew not to do it and you did it anyhow. 
But iniquity is sin that's passed down and around, which means you got it from your mama. You got it from your daddy. You got it from your cousin. Somebody said, well, Bishop, I wasn't around my mother or my father. That's okay because it's nature and nurture. The environment that you're in has shaped you, and the people that you were born to in that bloodline has shaped you. And you're not supposed to take on that shape. You are supposed to be a brand new shape. In fact, watch me, as Christians, God reshapes us so we don't simply put a Jesus shirt on an old shape. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 3 says, so I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working. Let's stop right there. Is there anybody that can be glad that while you may not be where you want to be, you can thank God you're not where you used to be. Why? He's working on me. Uh, I need you to stop beating yourself up because you made a mistake. How many of us in the last seven days you've done something crazy? You're like, that's dumb. That's stupid. Why did I say that? Why did I think that? Guess what? Don't beat yourself up. He's still working on you. I need you to encourage somebody next to you. Tell them, say, he's still working on you. He was working at his wheel. Now watch me. When a potter is shaping something, he shapes it on a potter's wheel. And you, literally, they will use naturally, they'll put their foot on the pedal. Watch me. As they put their foot on the pedal, life begins to spin. I, I need you to catch the simplicity of the statement. As they put their foot on the pedal, life begins to spin. Okay. As you're moving forward, it feels like you're spinning. As you're actually making progress, it feels like you're spinning. See, some of you don't even know that forward feels like a spin. Progress feels like a spin. Watch me. As he was working at his wheel. So you have to spin the clay in order to shape the clay. Watch what happens. The Bible says this. Please, let's go to the next one. The Bible says this. That in the vessel he was making of clay, watch me, was spoiled. Now, clay has to be finished in fire. Which means, watch me, this may be where you start. I got some Play-Doh, which you just go with me. This is the clay. Now watch me. Anybody remember in school when you would be uh, in art class and you were making little clay projects and all that? And, and the way you gave it to your art teacher is not the way that thing came out. Because when it came out, it looked totally different. And you were like, this don't look nothing like this. Well, watch me. It's the same way with your life. The way you look now is not going to look anything like what you're about to be. But he finishes the project in the fire, which means anytime I find myself in fire, what is that telling me? That is telling me that I am in the final stage of my process. So for every person where you got some areas of your life where you're like, this thing is on fire, guess what? Good news. That means that he is in the final stage of the process. This is not for everybody, so I don't expect to hear from everybody right here. But on campus and online, if you got some areas of your life that are on fire, here's what you're about to praise God for. That it means you're in the final stage of that fire. In the final stage of your process. He saw that it was spoiled. What does this mean? It's unfit. There are certain things that you have to be fit for for your future. And God has to get you, he has to make you a fit for your future. Some of you pray for your future, but then what God does is he doesn't just give you your future. He makes you a fit for your future. Why would he give you something that you're not a fit for? See, some of you said, Lord, I just, you're single and you say, Lord, I want a godly spouse. So what is he doing? He's reshaping you so that you're a fit for what you asked for. Because you asked for a king, not a boy. Uh-uh. Kings have a different fit that they need. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. You ask for a queen, not no little girl. They require a different fit. 
Then it means of lesser quality. In other words, God says, this is not the highest quality that you can be, so I want to reshape you to be better. And then it means treated too leniently. There's sometimes where you get so used to God's grace and mercy that you think you can do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. And so God says, I got to reshape you because you, watch me, you're so used to my grace. You're so used to me getting you out of stuff that you take risks you ought not take. But wait a minute. But if it was not for his grace, if it was not for his mercy, uh-uh. Some of y'all looking at me real extra spiritual, like you ain't never done nothing wrong, like your life has been squeaky clean. For those of us that can tell the truth that if it was not for his grace and his mercy, you would have been dead and gone. You would have lost your mind. Cancer would have killed you. The car accident would have killed you. The pandemic would have taken you out. But somebody say, thank God for his grace. So look, so look, we're almost done. So, so watch me. He reworked it into another vessel. Pay attention. God's like, this is how you looked up front, all right? And you were, you were going to be a bowl. Problem is, is a bowl can't carry that much. I need you to be a, a totally different vessel. T- see, look, because you grew up in Denver, this is all you see, a bowl. So when you try to get out the bowl, People, you doing too much. You want too much. It don't take all that. You don't need to just be happy. Just, just, just be glad. And you're like, but there's more. But there's more. But there's more. So God says, I'm gonna make you into a whole nother vessel. And to make you another vessel, watch me. I'm going to put you around other vessels. See, that's why you're at Harvest on campus and online. Because God says, I need you to be around some other vessels like you. You ain't no punks. I don't need you around no punk vessels. You're not some loser. I don't need you around loser vessels. You were born to rule, reign, conquer, and some. I need you around some other kings. I need you around some other strong people. That's the person next to you say, you're in the right place. You. Look, he reshapes you into another vessel, look at this last part, as it seems good to the potter to do. Which means God says, I'm not studying what you want. I, listen, because let you, let you get what you want, you're going to be a little cup. God says, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going to make you into what I want to make you into. Watch me. Because watch me, if you, if you have a bowl, the only thing that you can do is carry to the extent of the bowl. But if you have a plate, I can carry the bowl. Some of y'all going to catch it in a moment. See, this is all you wanted. But God says, I want to give you that. And watch me. I want to hook you up. I want to I bless you so abundantly that you're able to go capitalize on what other people don't do, what other people won't do. And you'll be the first one in your bloodline. You'll be the first one to get it done. I, I know they're talking about you, but keep going. I know they're lying on you, but keep going. I know they tell you you want too much, but keep going. Somebody say, he's making me into another vessel. Why does he reshape in us? Because sometimes there are obvious daddy issues. There are obvious daddy issues, meaning that what we were shaped in, like fatherlessness. Now, hear me. That can be in reality or an uninvolved father. An uninvolved father is the same as having a, an absentee father. Now, after I read these statistics, you're going to say the word fatherless because these statistics, they're going to be things that are obvious. They're going to be things that you're like, whoa. of all youth suicides happen from 90% of homeless and runaway children happen from 85% of children with behavior disorders happen from 80% of rapists are 71% of high school dropouts are 
68% more likely to smoke, drink, or use some of the products to my left. And I'm not beating you down for this. This is actually for the day of Pentecost, because the day of Pentecost, they said they thought they were drunk. See, when you're drunk, what used to bother you doesn't bother you. See, in a few minutes, everybody, I told you we won't let level seven. It, look, in four minutes, we're going up three levels, and you're going to walk out of this building, and, and you're going to log off online. You're going to log off so full that what you were ticked off about yesterday, you're going to be spiritually drunk. What does that mean? I ain't even studying that. I... Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, you, you're not even going to be angry about what you used to be angry about. You're not going to be mad about what you used to be mad about. Look at this. Uh, 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 85% of youth in prison are, look at this, 43% of United States children are, 71% of pregnant teenagers are, 90% of arsonists are, Because they were never protected, they don't value protection. Look at me. What's practiced as a child becomes normal as a teen, and it becomes permanent as an adult, unless there's an interruption. I'm going to say it again, because for all of you parents with children, listen, you ki- please hear me, and I say this with nothing but love, because I get it. I didn't raise a whole lot of grown people, hear me, and that's harder than kids. I'll tell you that right now. You got it? You can whoop kids. <laughs> or whatever is appropriate for your local, state, and federal laws. Ask me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You cannot let YouTube raise your kids. Oh, God. You cannot let Dora. Th- Where's she taking them? She's an explorer. Where's she taking them? They got a whole new era of stuff. Last Sunday, last Sunday, last Sunday, I was, I was, I was exercising. I was doing, I think, 15 miles or whatever, however I did. I was exercising. And all of a sudden, the Lord, listen, let me be spiritual. The Lord dropped some songs on my spirit. Song says, I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and kiss from me to you. I'm a grown man walking through the park with kids songs playing on the phone. It feels real judgmental in here and I don't like it. Time for your checkup. (laughs) Doc McStuffins. This is the song that does it in. It just goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song. I had church in the park. That's Lamb Chop's play along, evidently. So y'all don't even know nothing about that. Earth, wind, what? Okay, that's Captain Planet. Okay. So what did y'all watch? 
Ten Commandments all day? I, I, oh, Veggie Tales. Oh, y'all watch spiritual shows. I had church in the park, though. I'm going to tell you, I sure did. I went up. If I was me, if I was me. <laughs> you ready? Look, 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 What's practiced as a child becomes normal as a teen. If you learn bad habits as a child, it became normal to you as a teenager. It becomes permanent as an adult, unless there's an interruption. Say this, 11, 15, and we're done. Say, I'm the interruption. But then sometimes there are hidden daddy issues, and that's seen in King David and his son, King Solomon, because both of their fathers were present, but they both had daddy issues. I'll dive deeper into Wednesday, but if you look at Solomon and David, they had three uh, very pervasive issues. Number one, they mismanaged rejection. David didn't know how to handle rejection, so it made him crave what he didn't get from his father in relationships. Guess what? It's the same for Solomon. Solomon did the same thing. Number two, they both had misdirected love. David loved who hated him. He hated who loved him. His son Absalom, who was trying to have a coup d'etat, overthrow his government, he loved him, but Solomon, who was faithful and consistent to him, he paid no attention to. I want to talk to a few of you that you did what you were supposed to do, and you never got the attention that the other ones did. Because mom and daddy had to always run to the school because little June then was all acting crazy. But you did what you were supposed to do and you did not get that attention. It was misdirected love. And then Solomon loved this woman, Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible says that this one here, she was poison. I don't know, look, I don't know how she did what she did when she did what she did, but evidently what she did had him lose his mind. Let me say this to every strong man, and I don't know any other way to say it except to say it, and I'm going to clean it up as nice as I can. Let me say this to every strong man and every strong woman. If the enemy knows he can't take you out any other way, he will take you out with a Delilah. Okay, let me see if I can say it another way. For some of you, the only poison that's been able to stop you is you getting with these crazy people in relationships. And it's got you off your focus. It's got you off your, y'all ain't gonna say nothing left it. It's got you off. I pray that any damage from any negative relationship you've been in, that that damage be severed, that damage in, and you get your strength back. I pray that you would be like Samson and your hair would begin to grow back. Open your mouth, please, and say, and my strength is coming back. Some of you laid down with the enemy. And you thought it was just sex, but it was a setup to take you out. And I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to get you your strength back. You thought it was just a little licky here, a little licky there. No, boo. This was about trying to take you out and take you down. Because the enemy knew he couldn't get you any other way. So he seduced you, got you in a bed to try to take your strength. But please touch somebody next to you. Touch their soul to say, but your strength is coming back. Then mindless behavior. I told you about David and Bathsheba, but then I didn't tell you that Solomon, his son, had 700 wives. Every man, every man just say, Bishop! Now let's just talk, fellas. One wife is a handful. Ladies, that's not a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. But that one wife, that's seven different attitudes, because it's seven days of the week. 
That, come on, y'all. Ladies, don't do that like you. Uh-uh. You already know you can be a handful. That's why, watch me. That's why when you, you're a queen, you need a king that can handle you. Oh. If he can't handle you, that ain't your guy. Y'all not saying nothing. The right man will be able to say, baby, I know you a whole lot, but I got that. I know you a whole lot, but I got you. If he can't handle, watch me. A twin sheet don't belong on no queen. It don't fit. But here's what I'm trying to figure out, ladies and gentlemen. 700 wives? Now let's just do the math. You got to see two of them a day. Two. <laughs> this ain't no spiritual two right there. This is the 11.15, so I can say something right there, but I won't. I already decided the 9.15 is my selection, so I can say what I want to say at this one. All right, ready? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Then he had 300 concubines. What's a concubine, Bishop? A girlfriend on payroll. That means you got to put her up, she got to eat. You know, when you got, when you got side pieces, you got to pay for that. What I'm trying to figure out is how 300 of them were okay. Don't let money make you cheapen. Ooh. Girl, he got money. That's all you want? I got you. So he's got a thousand lady friends. <laughs> Somebody say mindless behavior. See, sometimes when you succeed, you begin to do things that are mindless. Solomon, one is enough. In that day, in that culture, it was customary for kings. It was customary that kings or people of high levels of nobility, that was customary to, to perhaps more than one. A thousand? Solomon said, I live in overflow. <laughs> Solomon said, I live in abundance. And my next 12. But watch me. But there was this one devil in a blue dress. And this one devil in a blue dress, the Bible says she turned Solomon's heart from the Lord. What is it about a person that can turn you against your God? Are you that thirsty for somebody to love you? That Pharaoh's daughter, when you read, she didn't even like him like that. I'm talking about it. I'm, it's 1115, so I can say a little bit more. Okay. Help me, Lord. 
Some people don't like you. They like the package that comes with. Pharaoh's daughter wasn't even feeling him like that. She was like, but the palace is nice. It was Baps. Two. All right, watch. Look at me. We got to go. Say mindless behavior. How many of us can be honest that we've had some mindless behavior? My hand is up. And when we look back, we're like, that don't even make sense. That doesn't, why would I do that? And, this, and watch me. And it ended up turning Solomon's heart from the Lord. Solomon was more sophisticated than his father, David. Solomon, the Bible says, was perhaps one of the wisest men to ever live. Solomon was the one that built the temple. Solomon was sophisticated. He was a sophisticated guy. Solomon, he was well-dressed. Solomon was sophisticated. When, King, when uh, Queen of Sheba came to visit him, um, the Bible says that she, she literally, she fell out in the spirit. Here, here, here come, come, uh, come on, come on. Uh, literally, oh, no, you got a floor direct. Here, you come in. You come in, you come in. You, you come in, you come in, you come in, come in, come in. Because you can't fall in direct at the same time, right? <laughs> you can't fall and say, camera two, no me. Uh, Trying to help you out. <laughs> right here, come, come, come. So she comes to see Solomon, and Solomon's sitting on the throne. He's sophisticated. He's got his master's. He's got his PH and the D. You understand? He's sophisticated. He puts his pinky up like this. When he's eating, he uses the right fork. <laughs> he ensures that his napkin is properly covering his lap. He's sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And the people around him serve him so well. The Bible says when the queen of Sheba came in, she fell out in the spirit. You got to fall in the spirit. Woo. Oh, that's, don't break your neck, though, when you fall out in the spirit. Lord, heal. Lord, touch. Everybody listen, listen, listen. She falls out. Because when she sees the level of sophistication of everything that he does, she's like, wow. <laughs> you got to love when you got a commentator in church. So if you didn't know what I was saying was true, she going to tell you. That's what she said. Come on, come on, let's help her out, y'all. Say, well, So then they pick her up, they pick her up. And it was so amazing, it was so amazing, they Benny Hinder, she fell again. This is only for old school church people, you know, Benny Hinn. Oh, sing it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pick her up, pick her up. Hallelujah. Okay, don't hurt your shoulder. That's last time. All right, look. <coughs> you have to be old school church to know about that. Who grew up old school church? You know about the okay. And don't let somebody have a miracle. They're going to run up on you. A comedian did this. Project Rice, he follows us online. Project Rice, a comedian, did this. When they come up and they're giving a testimony, it's an old school church. When they're giving a testimony, oh, they would be so excited. Pastor Benny! 
Pastor Benny, come here. He didn't have no arms when he came in here. He's got arms now. But watch me. But isn't he a healer? Come on, y'all. I know we having fun in church, but I need you to act like God can still do that. I need you to act like God can still grow arms, grow limbs, change bodies, heal. Somebody say, yes, he is. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Solomon was sophisticated, but the Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, do not depend on your own power or strength, but on my spirit. But David, Solomon's daddy, was most spiritual. Psalm 51, 10, this is what he says, creating me a clean heart. He says this after he had mindless behavior, after he did crazy stuff with Bathsheba, after the prophet checks him, creating me a clean heart. I want you to pay attention to what he did not do. He did not blame Bathsheba. You cannot blame other people for why you do what, for every person, listen, my daddy this, my daddy this, my daddy this. Stop blaming him. Stop blaming your mama. Stop blaming your cousin and take responsibility yourself. Created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Verse 11, do not banish me from your presence. Here's the line. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. 11.15, we're out of here. I know it's been a whole, whole different type of experience today. David was spiritual. Solomon was sophisticated. David went to God. Solomon went to uh, uh, went to sophisticated things. He went to things that were natural. See, Solomon, before he prayed, he went to therapy. And therapy's not bad, but don't do that and you ain't prayed first. It's amazing we live in a culture that'll reach for natural things, but you didn't reach for spiritual things first. See, for you and I to be the interruption, we're going to have to do both. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm sophisticated and spiritual. I, I can use natural things and spiritual things, but I go spiritual first because I'm a spiritual being. See, there's nothing wrong with natural things. There's nothing wrong with sophistication. There's nothing wrong with that, but do not reach for that and not reach for spirit. So here it is. Today is the day of Pentecost, and in the old school church, um, um, this is where the preacher would take you up right now, and they start singing Power Lord. I don't know. I would try it, but y'all didn't know lamb chops, so I don't know that y'all going to know this one either. We need your power. Need your power. We need your power. We need your power. Get on the right key. Come up in the key. He can't move in power if y'all off key now. Play the note for the church. Play the note for the church. We need your power. We need your power. We need your power. Now he can move because you're on the right note. Can't move on the wrong note. And the church would go up and we shout and we'd be done. But you have no clue what you were just singing about. So, so, so here's the last part of this message. Say, and I will be spiritual. Today is the day of Pentecost. God's about to fill us and refill us with his spirit. He's already been doing it. But I told you we're only at level seven. In three minutes, we got to go up to ten. You ready? What happens when you're filled with the Spirit? Somebody say, I get power. I get power. Come on, I, I, I know we've been in here for a minute, but I just need you to say that thing with authority. Say, I get power. I get power. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at what that power is. Ability. Watch me. Today, you're going to get the ability you need to be the interruption to every daddy issue. You, you're going to get the ability you need to make the second half better than the first half. Abundance. That means you're about to have overflow. That means you're not going to just have what you need. You're going to have more than what you need. More than enough joy. More than enough peace. More than enough love. Tell somebody next to you, so you'll have something to go around. Come on. That means you're going to have might. When you get power, you have might. Might is how you fight. For some of you today, you're about to get your fight back. You're about to fight for your future. Fight for you about to walk out of here feeling like a like a gladiator. Come on, please, 1115, say, I'm about to get might in my fight. Then it means miracle working power. I need you to say the same thing we said at the 915. Say, over the next seven days, I'll see miracles. Signs and wonders. Then it means strength. It means mighty work, pecuniary ability. What does that mean? It is the favor that comes with wealth and riches. Pay attention. When you are filled with his spirit, which gives you power, God says you're going to get the favor that comes with wealth and riches. No, you're not listening. You're not listening because you would have said something different right there. So, so why is it important that I'm filled? It's because when people look at you, watch me, they will treat you. Like you have wealth and riches, even if you don't. Which means when they see your name, they're going to say, oh, no, don't come through that door. Come over here. And you're going to be trying to say, what is it about me? They must follow me on Instagram. Don't nobody follow you on Instagram. It's because you got power. I need you to open up your mouth and shout power. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm done. Everybody stand to your feet. Now, I'm still trying to figure out how the bottle ain't full. This ain't mine. I'm just wondering. Because that is not regulation communion wine. No, I'm, just, I'm just messing, guys. I'm just messing. But they must be from Denver. Listen. <laughs> I'm just messing. Bible says, Bible says, when they saw the people on the day of Pentecost after they were filled with the Spirit, they said, they're drunk. They're drunk. They've been sipping. <laughs> Somebody been sipping. And they're going to leave a little swallow. Don't you hate when somebody, you want some? Don't give me that little swallow you got left over of regular... thought they were drunk. Everybody at home, you stand too. They thought they were drunk. They literally looked up and said, these men are drunk. What are they doing? Because they had so much joy. They had so much strength. They had so much ability, so much might, so many miracles. When they looked at them, they said, what's going on with them? You all, in just a few seconds, in just a few seconds, we're going to ask God to fill us and refill us. And when he does this, hear me, you're going to go through this week and you're going to go through the second half of this year. And people are going to look at you like, what's wrong with her? Nothing, baby. I'm just filled. What's wrong with him? Nothing. I'm filled. You're not mad about that? No, I'm filled. You're not upset about what so-and-so said? No, I'm glad they said it. Now I know where they, I stand with that mark. I 
in this building, heads bowed, eyes closed, and online. We're going to do this real quickly, and then we're going to ask the Lord to refill us real quickly. I need you to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord wherever you're at. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up. I know we were in here longer today than normal. That's because you saw clearly we flowed differently than normal today. And I'm glad about it. I said, but I'm glad about it. Lower back pain is being healed, right? If you've been dealing with that, I mean, severe, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. In Jesus' name. And he, while I was standing right there, he said, call it out. Father, I speak to the lower backs of every person with their hand up. And I pray, God, from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, that you would be, woo, begin to send healing right now. Begin to send healing right now in Jesus' name. See, God cares that much about you that he would call out things that you think, I would even bring that up. In this building online, if you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, wherever you're at, on a count of three, I'm going to ask that you slip your hand up and do the hand wave emoji. If you're online, if in the building, you'll raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, put that hand up. You need to become a Christian. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Got you. I got you. I got you. Online, you do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. If I fall, give me the grace to get back up in Jesus' name. Just pray that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself to the Lord. Can you take your phone out? Text that word decision to the phone number on the screen, 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.